0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, Josh, the Pong
1: Thompson, 100%, and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy nice.
0: Well, hello to everyone, and welcome back to the Weighing In Podcast, where my man Josh Thompson and I are going to talk about all things MMA, and there is a bunch of past stuff that we're going to start talking about, getting into things like weights and what people do, and all kinds of good stuff. So we want you to tune in and bring a friend along with you because, God damn it, they'll enjoy the ride, I promise. So what's up, my
1: man? What's going on, man? Dealing with some sickies in the house, and we're just having some fun. But other than that, we're doing well, man. There's a lot that we're going to cover today. We're actually going to go back and recap a little bit of the the Islam and Volkanovsky fight. We're going to spin that a little bit and talk about what we said on our last show. So if you haven't seen our last show... Hit pause on this one, go back to the last show, watch that one through through the Islam talk and the Volkanovsky talk, and then come on back and visit us, and we'll just talk to you about what our thoughts are now after the dust has settled, and hopefully you guys have went back and re that fight a little bit. Uh, but before, before we carry on, make sure you guys hit subscribe, hit the little thumbs up and the bell. We want to thank you guys for supporting us. Go to WayneAmherst.com, pick up some of our apparel, and also as you guys know, or most of you guys know, is that we just launched our partnership with OnlyFans. Now I know what you guys are thinking. Dial it down a little bit. Look, our partnership with OnlyFans is to help bring in the MMA fans, to this platform. You've got people like Chris Cyborg that are on that platform. Luke Rockhold's on that platform. AJ McKee's on that platform. Uh, Brent Primus is on that platform. You've got a lot of athletes now are transitioning over there to show their techniques, li- really try to build their brand. So we're also here to help push our MMA uh, athletes as best we can. And we're going to bring in you guys a lot of extra content behind the scenes. Like Podcast Dave has put up some extra content up there already that is free. So you guys go to OnlyFans check it out go to onlyfanscom In. you guys can check it out put a, check out our content it's it's all free right now so it's free for you guys just go out yeah, there let, check it out. let us know what you think of what yeah. uh dave put out there because i'm being honest
0: i'm very proud of podcast dave <laughs> and what he did he did a great job putting that together and it's it's a great little you know composite of what it's like to be at an event before it happens you know the whole thing of you know the, the time just before the fights start, after the fights, it's all good. And Dave did a great job with it. so
1: Well, it's like people get to see the inside and the backstage of the arenas that most people don't get to see. Like that walk down at the forum with oh, all yeah. the names on the side, it's just oh, iconic. Cool. I mean, you yeah. see that. You kind of see what we get to do beforehand, whether it's the rehearsals, whether it's you know just leading up well, whether, to the fights.
0: Whether we screw around a little bit.
1: Yeah, which we do. <laughs> all the time there's there's just a lot of fun and like also some of the social gatherings that we we get to come across you know dan henderson uh uh, mark coleman you know you've got top level fighters that we got to engage with and talk to and uh they're gonna be around and there's gonna be more of this stuff coming so check it out it's free right now go and check it out at uh onlyfans.com slash weighing in look john there's a lot to talk about in terms of fights but we're going to talk a little bit about what happened with Islam and Volkanovsky, how you look at the pound for pounds. That's a little recap on that. Also, too, on the, and the, the effects of the weight cutting. And since we are talking about weight cutting, I saw a little clip that Luke Thomas point, uh, had pulled up and it was done, uh, by, I can't remember who, but I think Dave's got it. Anyways, I'm talking about the weight cutting from like, there and now who. how they're coming to the states and how one will be affected by the weight cutting situations as well. So there's yeah, a lot one, going on.
0: One's going to have to do something completely different than what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about one's weight cutting before and it's mm-hmm. when it, when you get right down to it, there's all kinds of reasons why the weight situation is what it is and and people can can like it or they can dislike it. Mm-hmm. And I understand both sides of it. But when you're talking about weight and uh saying that oh no, my my flyweight champion can weigh up to 135 pounds. No, I'm sorry, you can't do that when you come here. If you're if your fighter weighs at 135, he's a bantamweight weight fighter. Yeah. And you you can continue on with whatever you're talking about, how you do hydration tests in the end. I'm sorry, it's just not it's not factual. It doesn't really work. You're just allowing your fighters to have more weight on them. And that's okay. I'm I'm okay with it as long as they're okay with it. They're the one signing the contract. They're the one getting into the the cage with it. But, you know, a a weight of 125 is a weight of 125. 135 is 135. You cannot sit there and tell me, well, my guy is a flyweight, but he weighs in at 135. Sorry, he's not a flyweight. He's a bantamweight. But, you know, Luke Thomas did bring it up, and, you know, he says this is new on-point MMA report on one's weigh-in protocol, in particular the use of hydration testing is a devastating takedown in short there's almost no science to any of it and that's something that we like when i was at the state of california and annie foster was trying to change and you came to a couple of things we did for you know to to look at the weigh-in system and what we could do to try to make it better for the athlete and make it to where it was healthier for the athlete because people are going to cut weight and you know you saw, you saw how many opposing views to switch it, don't switch it, all these different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people are always going to have their idea of what they think is Mm -hmm. best, but you have to have something that's factual. And unfortunately, you know, we, we do have facts when it comes to how people weigh in, how much they lose and stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, laws and everything get involved in all of this, Josh. And it's the ability, you know, that when we have a licensed fighter with a state, we can do what we want. We can, we can have that fighter step on a scale. We can do all these things, but until they're licensed, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, and these are, these are legal issues that come up with everything. So people are like, well, why don't you just do this? When the fighter comes to the state to fight and gets licensed. The athletic commission can have them step on a scale. They can check their weight early. They can do all those things. Yeah. I brought Not this up to you. Such time. What's I brought that?
1: this up to you. I said, Hey, yeah. once the bout agreement signed, then that maybe this promotions should require them to get licensed right away. So then they have to have their weight checked and their hydration checked checked immediately right from that point of them signing. And then every two weeks or every three weeks or whatever the commission wants to allow. But you brought up a good point, And I didn't think about this is that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer in that situation. Explain that, John. Well, you're taking a look, you know, when you make a
0: rule for MMA, it's not about what the UFC is going to do or what Bellator is going to do. That's, that's the easy ones. You have all of these levels within promotions that go down and you get these grassroots promotions. You have promoters, they cannot afford to do some of the things that Bellator will say okay to, or the UFC will say okay to it. It just doesn't work. And you you can't sit there and say, well, we're going to do this for this promotion but not do it for this promotion. That's in our regulations. You can sit there and say if you're going to have a pay-per-view event, we can go under these these regulations. But it becomes very complicated for the whole the whole issue.
1: Yeah, because then you have companies that help build the sport. Basically, you've got fi- You know, feeder. Whether it's LFA, oh whether it's Titan, whether it's Shark Fights, or whatever the Victory, companies are there. Yeah, uh, King of the Cage. All of these companies they can't afford to do it. They're barely getting by, but they love the sport so much that they they make a little bit of money here and and there. And they're important for the fighters because as
0: a young fighter, you've got to have these places to test your skills, to improve on things, all these things before you get to the bigger shows. You've got to have these places there. Orange County Fight Club and things like that. Look at those things are imperative to the growth of the sport
1: and the growth of the fighters themselves. John, when was it when we were in that meeting? Because I remember Andy Foster had actually reached out to me in that, during that meeting and said, Josh, what are your thoughts on these hydration tests? And I said, they're a joke. We've been, we've been faking those in college for years. Okay. It was the easiest thing to fake. And if you didn't know how to do it, then you learned from somebody else who had been doing it already. And so I said, to me, that was one of the biggest jokes when I heard that one was doing the hydration test. And I, and I just said, like, look, if that's what they want to do to save face, that's great. And I have nothing. I, I worked for one. I actually, I loved it. I admired the fact that they were trying to get ahead of the problem or at least trying to put a band aid over this, this issue that they had, had trying to make it look better to make it look better. And I understood what they were doing because you have to remember in, in this, uh, on point MMA report, I can't remember the guy's name that was doing it. Okay. But he, um, I, I went through the whole video. He brought up some good points. There's ways they did. They implemented this thing. I think 12 or 15 days after the fighter and one had passed away. Yes. That's not enough time to develop a program or (laughs) protocol. Yeah. To stop, basically to stop these fighters. And they thought, and they thought by just saying, we're going to give hydration tests. But let me, let me remind you guys, I've been cutting weight since I was about 11, 12 years old, you know, for wrestling and, you know, and then for obviously moving on to, to fighting. It's, it's, it's an art form. If you don't think it's an art form, you have, you have idiots that are amateurs. You have idiots that have never wrestled before in their lives that have never had to really cut weight. It's a, t- there's a technique behind it. And when you talk about, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues as well on how you do it and how I did it. And I started developing different ways to do it. As I got, as I matured as a fighter, I would water load. I drink two and a half, two to two and a half gallons, you know, uh, the first day on say Sunday, this is the week of the fight. I would drink two gallons or two and a half gallons on Sunday, Monday, I would drink man, two that's gallons. a lot of water. That's a lot of water. But what you're doing is though, is you're filling your body up with water and letting it realize how hydrated it is. So what does it want to do? It just wants to piss. It just wants to piss. It keeps thinking that you're hydrated. So then that's on Monday, I'm drinking two gallons. On Tuesday, I'm drinking a gallon and a half, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending on my body. By Wednesday, I'm only down to about three quarters of a gallon. Thursday, I'm sipping. I'm not drinking anything. I'm barely eating. I'm eating like a tiny little portion. Every two hours, I'm eating something small. And then on Thursday evening is when I start my cut and i'm just cutting and i'm just cutting and i'm just cutting and i'm using the sauna as the very last resort i shadow box i move but when you are water loading what people don't realize it has that reversed effect when i water load i'm pissing so much that my weight is actually dropping because my kidneys or my liver and all that stuff feel like i'm overhydrated so what does it do it pisses and not. it pisses and it pisses and that's exactly what this this report from on point mma had had talked about with the, with The doctors and the doctors are the ones reporting this. And in this report, and I can't wait for John to watch it because I want to revisit this later on after John watches it is that these doctors have actually helped one fighters names to not names to remain nameless. He they have helped them make the weight without making the weight. So they have basically helped them cheat the system with the hydration test. Now everyone kind of knows or they at least almost every person that I know is when you're trying to do a hydration test, after you have started cutting the weight, you drink distilled water, which forces your body to believe that you are hydrated. But in fact, you are not. And so you just piss it right out. It stores in your body. There's no electrolytes. You're not carrying anything. And so when that happens, you're able to piss and show that you're hydrated when you're not really hydrated. So there's a bunch of, there's also like they were talking about, and I've known this too, is that there's different chemicals, different like uh, vitamins, different types of foods, all different types of things that you can eat that will pretend that will make your body pretend that you're hydrated. And all you have to do is hold your piss in long enough to show that you're hydrated. And that's it. When you're not really hydrated, you're sucked in. Yep. And so this is a huge problem. And I've, I, and John, this is where I go back to when I was in that meeting. I said, there's a couple ways you can do this. And, I, and I, you and I have talked a little bit off camera right before this. And I said, I feel. You should treat it a little bit like a wrestling match, and you should treat it a little bit like a jujitsu match where you show up and you weigh in one hour before you get on the mat. Now, you give me a rebuttal to that because you know fighters will always continue to try to cut and get a little bit of an edge, but we also know that you can't really cut more than, say, two to five pounds, depending on your body composition, without really affecting your performance. I would rather have a fighter cutting two to five pounds right before they fight. Than them cutting like T.J. Dillashaw to get themselves all the way down and get knocked out right away. That's my take on that situation because there's less I, brain damage in that process. I agree. I would rather see a fighter cut two
0: to five pounds. I think you're right, but that's not what's going to happen because well, we've, we've seen. It too tell many me why. Times.
1: T- tell me why won't it happen?
0: Because it's all. It's no different than what you're getting with one and some of the fighters there that are cheating the system because comes down to that that thought process of I want to be the bigger stronger fighter and if I can put it to where I am now way bigger than my opponent you know then I'm going to do better and when and so so they're going to get try to come down and they're going to end up losing too much weight before right at the end right at the end of the fight which now puts them in a position of danger based upon they are now fighting in a dehydrated state. They don't have enough time to rehydrate. You don't have enough time to rehydrate.
1: But that's so, not you're not you're not dehydrating enough, though, John, to make yeah, yourself in. But a they're going they're not going to be
0: losing two to five. They're going to be losing ten. They're going to be losing eleven. Now, that's what you, they're going to be jumping. Can down you from.
1: do that? Can you do that with weight checks? Once you like say you weigh yourself. This is the other. This is where we had talked about three weeks when I was at that meeting. I said, look, you weigh the fighters. The com, the promotion weighs the fighters. Doesn't give a shit about what the commission does. The promotion weighs the fighters and says, Hey, what is your weight three weeks or two weeks out? That is before every fighter starts cutting. That's before they really, like, two I, weeks, three weeks is kind of that.
0: Three, three weeks before the show, you're at what the fighter. That you ways. You're getting you're in your peak shape.
1: Weight. Yep, you're getting in your peak shape. So that's kind of when your your diet has already got, got taken effect. You're feeling probably your best about two weeks out, and you're like, okay, this. I'm ripped. I'm shredded. I'm ready to go. I'm sure I'm still a little heavy, but you know what? I feel really good right now. I'm eating what I want still. That is where the fighter should be fighting at. Now, when you show up the week of, you shouldn't be allowed to weigh five any more than five pounds below that. So that's where you. I think that's where it comes in. Whatever your weight is at that point two weeks before, you need to fight within a five-pound range, either higher or lower, of that weight class. See, so, what,
0: what's gonna, what the, the real problem is, is
1: what is the commission concerned
0: with? Well, the commission is concerned with the health of the fighter along with the brain of the fighter. And I know that sounds weird, but we're talking about when you dehydrate, and you know this is true, and this is why you're saying it about T.J. Dillashaw, you dehydrate yourself, you get hit, you get concussed much easier, mm-hmm. much easier. So when you look at wrestling or jujitsu, okay, and you, you hear people in jujitsu all the time saying, "Oh yeah, I've got a fight next week." That's not a fight, guys. No, that's a grappling match. There's a difference in a fight, okay. So the the thing about jujitsu or wrestling, and and look at they're both difficult. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from either one. You know, wrestling is un, ungodly hard at times. It's a grind. But you don't normally, generally, usually have any head trauma. Can you? Sure, you know, a guy can get thrown and land on yeah. the head or anything like that. But It's you hands don't down have the most underappreciated
1: sport in the in the game. Hands down, oh. the most underappreciated sport is wrestling. The work oh, that they in put the in, the grind they put in, all yeah. that stuff in the world—it's most unappreciated. No, no doubt about it. But you, you look at
0: any of them, you can have it to where the person, hey, you want to be dehydrated? Be dehydrated. You're just going to get really tired. Go ahead. But you can have it in those, because you're going to gas out, you're going to have problems and you're going to end up losing, but you're not going to end up with brain damage. And that's where the commissions are now in this position. They're trying to balance. They're trying to say, all right, look, we, we know what guys are doing. We know what girls are doing. We, we see this and we see it. And we especially see it in a lot of these amateur programs, these people knowing that they're going to get a same day weigh in. And like you said, they're amateurs at it, but same day weigh in and they're coming in trying to lose 10, 11, 12 pounds on that day and then perform. And you know, most of them are, they're finding out it's a bad idea, Mm -hmm. but you will get professionals doing the same thing. Not all, but you're going to get a lot of them. And it's not only is, Oh, they're dehydrated. It's the added thing of now, now we've put them in a position where we're talking about brain trauma. If you're, you know, the, the reason why it used to be, and I said this to you before. that it used to be that you, when you fought Nate Diaz, there was one way in It was between three to five p.m. Depending, usually, you know, depending on if you were the the first fight of the night or the last one, it was going to be a half hour difference. Mm-hmm. But you came. Everyone was lined up, and they rolled everybody out. And you stepped on the scale, and you either made weight or you didn't, and then you had to maybe possibly go back. We had that and it was a system where you figured that you had eh, somewhere around 24 to up to maybe 30 hours Mm -hmm. at the max to rehydrate from that before you were actually competing. And so we went and looked and said, all right, let's try to do it where we give the fighter more time to rehydrate. They had to make the weight, but we'll give them more time to rehydrate because if the more they're able to rehydrate, the better it is for their health and safety and and against brain injury. That's why we came up with the early weigh-in and did the ceremonial weigh-ins later on. And you take a look at them and you go, all right, now they're being weighed in somewhere at 9 o'clock in the morning. So they get a full 24 hours to 9 o'clock, and then they're not competing until we'll say 9 o'clock, so that's another 12 hours. So we're looking at you know 36 hours of time possibly. That's one of the things that I think happened with Islam in his fight against volkanovsky Mm -hmm. josh he he did that early morning way and they got at nine but he was fighting by 12 Mm -hmm. the next day he ended up in a position where he lost nine to ten hours of rehydration time Mm -hmm. something that his body has gotten used to fighting here in the states in the normal time periods that fights take place people have to figure in perth australia that show started somewhere around 7 a.m. in the morning, 6.30, 7 a.m. in the morning, and then the fights went on. He was obviously the last fight, but he lost close to 10 hours of rehydration time, mm-hmm. and you can see it in the photos. You know, Dave put up those photos real quick. Just take yeah. a look at the way his body looks between yeah. his fight against Oliveira and his fight with Volkanovski. You can see there's a difference in the composition of his body.
1: Well, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for the fan at home. They're like, well, why should he be able to have more time though to fight somebody at a smaller size and be able to cheat and put more weight on? So as this is my argument with the commission. Look, I'm on I'm on Islam's side. Look, if you're gonna make the rules and you decide to go from being the, the featherweight and go up to the lightweight division, you're gonna to have to deal with the person who's the bigger fighter. And, and Volkanovsky knew that. But yeah. in this situation, he was he was, I guess you could say he was robbed of his ability to fully uh, full, fill back out the way he has been able to, whether it was in Dubai, whether it was in Vegas, wherever wherever he fought before, they have been doing that for the longest period of time. Yeah. But, John, don't you, the way that that weight-cutting situation, whether it's Andy Foster, whether it's the Nevada State Athletic Commission, or anyone allowing the earlier weigh-in, I get why they're doing it is to get rid of the, the brain damage because as we saw with T.J. Dillashaw, it wasn't long enough. His ability to put the weight back on developed the liquid back in his brain and he had cut so much, you could see right away he wasn't the same fighter. You could no, see. No, you, you absolutely
0: in- could. But people need to understand, when you dehydrate a cell, okay, the human body is made up of how many billions of cells, right? Mm-hmm. When you dehydrate the cell, it's just, a cell is like this round ball, okay? And when you dehydrate it, it starts to flatten out and it gets into this weird, it'll have little lumpy, you know, bumps on it but when you put water back in it doesn't just flow out into that nice ball again it doesn't do that right away and that's what people need to understand the rehydration takes time Mm -hmm. and they have figured you know doctors have looked at it and they've they've given this is the perfect amount of time 48 hours is the right amount of time to to properly rehydrate the body we're not even giving them that 48 hours we can't do it because we talked about well give them Let's do the weigh-in two days before. They would just cut more weight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's no perfect answer, but the other part is it's the same as like with what you're saying when it comes to let's do it one hour before. No promoter, zero promoters are going to yeah. want to do that. Yeah, Why? Because
1: if the, cause if the guy doesn't make the weight or something like that, then they lose the fight and they won't know the res- They Bingo. won't know until right then before. Until the fight. right, and I it's I too late that. to do anything about it. <clears throat> But I guess I guess then you would just have to and then like you said it goes back to benefiting the bigger promotions but you would have to have someone who is constantly checking this fighters weight and saying look yeah. you guys are in you guys are this close to not getting paid at all and if you if you guys if this continues to happen then these fighters whether it's UFC whether it's Bellator 1 or whatever you guys may potentially be cut because you guys can't follow the rules yeah, and I and if I'm a promotion, I'm not jeopardizing spending millions of dollars on promoting you, especially as the main event. And you decide that you want to go and cut more weight. Yeah. I understand. I get, look. I'm trying. I'm. I'm not trying to take sides. I'm just trying to figure out a solution because a lot of people get on here and say we've got to, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, but they never give solutions. No, never, and it's no. not easy. And like in this report on this, there uh, is there is no easy solution. There, yes, everyone wants it to be like this, and there is no there is no just easy way to change something that's been in history for forever. People have been yeah. cutting weight for the longest time, the Absolutely. longest time. Yeah. And so, I've like I said for myself, for me, the way that I the way that I train, the way that I put effort out. But my weight cutting, I never I never weighed more than 172, 73 when I started my camp. Never. Even when I was fat and out of shape. My muscle, <laughs> seriously, my muscle just turned to Dude, fat. And I always stayed stop. around
0: that weight. Stop. Back when you
1: were fighting, you were yeah.
0: never fat. And yeah, you were never was, really out of shape. So stop.
1: <laughs> I just when I when I consider myself fat and out of shape. I, at one time, I, yeah, I was pretty time. lean and I was in shape. Now I'm fat and out of shape. <laughs> I'm, I'm also not 80 years old like you though. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, is when I look at, when I look at fighters that do huge weight cuts, huge. Now, I've, I've had Islam come to camp 188, 189, 190. He showed up to, to the camp, you know, five weeks out about that weight, four to five weeks out. Um, I've seen the same thing with Habib. I've seen the same thing with other DC. Fuck it. Even at heavyweight. I'm like, bro, you, like, you know, DC he performs his best. Cain Velasquez, same thing. They both know DC
0: performs his best at two thirty six, two thirty four
1: to two thirty eight, maybe two forty, depending on who yeah. he's fighting. That's when he performed his best. That's where his body's most natural. If he didn't get to that weight, you should, you could have expected not a great performance or just a, a little bit slower of a pace or whatever it was from him. Yeah. Um, Cain two thirty two to two thirty 230, two thirty two to two thirty five was his best performances. His best, hands down. Um, with Islam, I don't know what his weight was gonna be, but they were saying it was two, it was 178, not two. Sorry, 178 (laughs) when he stepped in the cage. That's, that's huge. That's huge. But. Nah, it's not. It's actually. I never got over 170. Yeah, but
0: come on. Did you go to maybe 172,
1: somewhere in there? No, I was always 169 to 170. I remember fighting. When I fought Nate, I I weighed in. Like that day, I checked my weight that day at 168. I can
0: tell you, you 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 say that 178, 155 pounder is now 178. But I've seen where a featherweight, 145 pounder, weighing in for a championship fight. So right on weight, 178 pounds the night of the fight.
1: Max Holloway. Yep. Yep, he's. I mean, he puts the weight back on, and you know he, he has great
0: performances. Not yes. all
1: fighters can have that type of performance.
0: He was also very young. Yeah,
1: he was. And the very younger true. you are,
0: the easier it is to do.
1: But if, for those of you guys that did watch the show from Sunday when we dropped on Sunday, I had talked about this, and people were like, "Oh, just giving me a hard time," and I said the bottom, and I didn't know that they hadn't done the early. They didn't do the early weigh-ins. They kind of did, but it wasn't. They did, it, but they didn't have the same of the time amount of time. They didn't have yeah. the same amount of time. But I said, I even texted Habib, and Habib and I were talking back and forth, and I said, his body looked different. He looked smooth. He looked overtrained, or he had a really hard weight cut. And he texted me back. I 100% agree. He didn't look. And now that I have the side by side pictures right here in front of me, look at his body. Look at his abs on the left. Look at the ribs on the left. Look at on the, the intercostals. Look at all of it look at his shoulders how rounded they are all of those things change he looks a little bit more fuller in the face in the face everything looks different now I know that the color the tint and the lighting yeah. is a little different on the right so that's like taking someone who's ready to step on stage you know on the left side in a bot in a bodybuilding contest with when they're all spray painted I who's and that. the guy on the right is not spray painted so I understand but you look at the body and it looks different
0: there's a difference in the body composition yeah just, and, and that's, look at that's night of the fight. So you know, he's in shape. You know, he's ready yeah. to go. He's done everything he's supposed to do. So you're seeing a, a vast difference in that composition. When I'm not saying that, you know, uh, Olivera, he didn't get in great shape for, it. we knew, you know, what he did and who he trained with, but he did the same thing getting ready for Volkanovsky. He did not take Volkanovsky light. No. You know, he knew what kind of fight it was going to be.
1: I, I, I feel that. And I'm not taking a look and I want to make sure this is 100% clear. Alexander Volkanovsky fought his fucking ass off. He fought fantastic. He fought, he did everything. He did things that one 55 pounders, everything he could, but he, he, what he did was remarkable in my eyes. Absolutely remarkable. He did something that no other 55 pounders that, that he has fought has been able to do. That means get up. That means almost switch takedowns. Almost get a takedown. All of those things other fighters have not been able to do against him. And he did it. And he is the smaller, the lighter guy. All of those things. He landed some great shots. He did some great things. But I feel, I really do feel that in this situation is that the weight cut got to him and his body showed it. And I said that walking in. You and I were texting back and forth. I said that walking in the cage. He looks smooth. He looks flat. Something, Something looks off. And we talked about his energy walking to the cage. Yep. I think he felt you it. See it. He felt that feeling. Now, look, I'm not here to make excuses for him. They both fought their asses off. They yeah. both fought a great fight. Everyone everyone that had talked to had said to me you know, previously about the Oliveira fight and about anybody else he had fought. Oh, he's going to get knocked out. He doesn't have a chin. All of these things. A lot of this, I feel, has to do with on how well he does his weight cuts. He is someone that cuts a lot of weight. And he, I believe... That whether his chin is good or not has to do with on how well his weight cut is. Because as we saw with T.J. Dillashaw, T.J. Dillashaw's got a hell of a chin. A yeah. hell of a chin. But he didn't have that chin against Henry Cejudo. Gone. Well, and that's so,
0: because that's cause he fought Triple C, who's got yeah. power like, you know.
1: He's got power. He does some power. No, it's he's got good power,
0: actually. But, but you know what? tj normally can take a really good
1: shot yeah exactly right. and in this fight i saw a little bit of that just difference in him when he did get hit by bulk and i don't i don't i don't think we see that again if they do run it back i don't expect to see the same fight i think i think you're going to see a better islam now the next thing is people didn't give remember what i do do you recall all I heard from a lot of media was that on the feet, Charles Oliveira was going to starch him. Charles Oliveira had the better stand-up. Charles Oliveira was going to basically do what he did to Chandler, do what he did to Dustin, do what he did to all these other guys on the feet. But in this, not just in the Charles fight, but in this fight, all I've heard is how great his stand-up looked. It looks phenomenal. What did you get away from him? What did you get away from this fight? His stand-up was on point. He stays composed. His defense is good. He doesn't get himself out of position. He doesn't outstretch on things. He is a very, very well-rounded fighter. I've said this forever. His stand-up is drastically underrated. Okay. I agree with you.
0: And I think he proved that against a guy who people thought in the stand-up was going to have a superiority edge in that. And it was – Volkanovsky has so many things to – he has to overcome based upon his body style. You know, he, he, he does have not, not that he has short arms, but no. when, when you are, when you're in that position, he's got to come up and he's got to come at his opponent and he makes those rushes and he, and he does them and he does them in the featherweight division. He does them fantastic, you know, against look what he did, you know, against, you know, the Korean zombie and how he just ate him up coming in with those types of rushes and getting out before he ever got touched. Look, he's a stud and I, This this is the other part, Josh. It's hard, hard to get rid of someone. That's a great fighter that knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. I don't care who you are. And you had the two best guys going at it and they put on a, a phenomenal performance. In my opinion, both of them had their moments. Both of them stunned each other. Both of them showed grit throughout it. You know, the one thing that I look at that it was very surprising to me was the gas tank that Volkanovsky was able to still have mm-hmm. after powering himself out of certain things. Cause he did yeah. and did it matter, man? He could use that power time after time because the dude's just in phenomenal condition.
1: Well, let's get, I mean, Let's get into now the pound for pound conversation because everyone's been talking about it. Who yeah. should be in the pound for pound number one spot? Who shouldn't be? Who These, cares? Are, I, I agree with you. And and like I said, this is really just kind of the media and people making something of nothing. Um, but when I look at this, and I and people are gonna probably say that I'm biased, and I'm and I'm not gonna say that I obviously I, I do lean obviously a lot towards Islam. But when I look at this, Alex did something. Volkanovski did something that not a lot of people would have tried. Or people talk about trying and then, but they never follow through. Yeah. You know, um, so in that situation, he wanted to come up to 155 and get it done. The bottom line is he didn't get it done. That person now, everyone's like, Oh, well, he was a smaller guy. You got to take that like, out of no, 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 out no, of the no. equation. He's, he's not the smaller guy. He was a lightweight. Not. You can't, yeah, exactly. You got to take that out of the equation because it's like saying, it's like a fighter who took a fight on short notice and saying, Oh, well, I only had a week or two to train. No, no, no. Once you took that fight, you decided that it was, you were in good enough shape to win. Otherwise, why did you take the fight? You can't use that as an excuse. Now, I thought he fought his ass off. I think he is fucking fantastic. He is, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch. Hands down, yeah. one of my favorite fighters to no watch. Doubt. But when you go up and you challenge somebody at a, at a heavier weight class and you come up short, you lose your spot to them. You tried. Now, if you would have stayed, at, if you would have stayed at the 45, and fought you know whether it was josh emmett or yair or whoever and got the win there he would still be there and i think that that uh, islam would still be at number 2 that's how it would have worked out but when you came up and then you lost to that fighter you've got to put all the other stuff aside that's not how these ratings work that's not how these rankings work look you went up you tried you didn't get it done now it switches, but you're not going anywhere. He's number one, number two now. It's still the same. Yeah. You just flip flop. That's really so what it they came flip-flop. down to.
0: First off, how much how much does he make for being the pound for pound number one? Nothing. Big okay. fat goose egg. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. exactly what you're saying. This is the now the number one in this is based upon what the reporter thought of the fight and who who they thought won. Like go and this is, go back and watch it. I was watching. Joe, Joe Rogan, you know, was not part of the broadcast team, but he did his fight companion. And he had his 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 normal guys, you know, Eddie Bravo and Brendan was there. and. Brian By the way, Collins. it was
1: great It was great seeing them all together again. Yeah. I, I watched and, a little bit of it. And so, you know, but they all picked Volkanovsky.
0: Now, they're all drinking, right? They're all fucking doing things that, you know, you're not supposed to be doing while judging. But they all <laughs> picked Volkanovsky. Then they get together the next day and they go, yeah, maybe we got that wrong. You know, and it's like. Hey, you can. And it's a lot of it is based upon you saw these moments with Volkanovsky. And again, I, I'm not, this is where, okay, it didn't work in the same way. But that rise of that crowd, the, the, the crowd in Perth was loud. Yeah. And they were there for Alexander Volkanovsky and they should have been. And that was awesome. And every time he did something, you heard a and it started to go right? Well, that influences everybody to a point. The judges didn't get influenced by it. They watched what punches were landing, what was having effect. And that's the big thing. These people are all, I don't care who touches who more. I care about who affects the fighter in the fight more, who does the more damaging shots, who does the things that creates the situations that can end the fight when you know I, I, when i love the people what is it the fourth round i think it was where you know islam gets his back puts in a body triangle and you see volkanovski is talking to him and that's great volkanovski can do that and he's throwing his hand back with the punches anybody who sits there and thinks that volkanovski won that round do me a favor stop watching mma yeah. okay because <laughs> punching backwards is annoying it's not damaging, it's not effective. Okay. The person that's attempting to get the chokehold, the person that's attempting to do a submission is always going to get more than the person throwing back because the throwing back is basically useless. It doesn't do anything, it doesn't damage. And so are there if if all you see is the person on the back. We'll say what we call a seatbelt, and he's holding on and not ever attempting anything. Then, yeah, the punches are going to win because at least it's attempting something. And other than that, that's not effective striking. I me- remember what the what the terminology is: effective striking. That's not.
1: Well, it's not even so much the effective striking. It's that you're in a finishing position from the back. When someone's on mount or someone's on the back, you're gonna, it's going to be very rare because I had someone on Twitter ask me, like, why didn't they stand him up? I said, that is oh a my finishing God. position. Stop. You're not standing somebody up from the it mount or the back. It
0: is not the referee's job to be someone who's unfair. Do people not get this? If someone has the back of their opponent, they are in a position to end the fight. While their opponent is in a position only to do one thing, survive, or number two, escape. escape. That's two things. Okay. Man. That's what I said. Or that's why, I'm, after I thought, as a referee, when I take that person out of that position, what I'm doing is saying, I want this guy to win. And I'm going to make this unfair. I'm going to be unfair to both of these guys. So I'm going to be unfair to the fans. And I'm going to make sure that this guy gets out of this position.
1: You can't do that. Well, when I I also was flipping through and I saw a little breakdown that Henry Cejudo did. I thought it was a fantastic breakdown because I saw the clip of him watching the fight. I saw the clip of him waiting for the judge's decision and how he thought Volkanovsky won. Then he went back and he reevaluated Rounds one, rounds two, round three, four and five. It was pretty and, simple. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you because we were texting after every round. Yeah, I gave you, long. I gave
0: you the winner of each round as it yeah. went,
1: and it went exactly that way. Yeah, and so um, and Henry goes back and says, you know what? After I watched it. The harder strikes were landed by Islam in round one. The harder strikes were landed by Islam in round two. Absolutely. Round three went to Volkanovski, Volkanovski. and round four went to Islam, and round five went to Volkanovski. Volkanovski. It was a pretty clear cut case on what the rounds were. Now, the one judge had it four rounds to one. Yeah. Uh, Derek, and- Derek
0: Cleary had it four rounds. And mm-hmm. I didn't agree with him. He gave Volkanovski only the the fifth round.
1: The fifth round, which I, I thought, I with him. yeah, and I thought Volk won the third. You and I were texting back and yeah. forth, and that's what we were talking about. Now. To go, like when you're talking about the fight campaign, you're talking about Henry Cejudo, you're talking about other people when they watched it, go back and watch it again. And I, I like what Henry said, because a lot of times, John, I watch the fights without the sound, yeah. because the crowd does have an influence on me, you know, and John, you know, as well as I know, I'm that guy, when you talk to, when I talk to a fighter, I can believe that that is going to lose. <laughs> as soon as I walk away from that fighter, they've got me convinced Look, they're going to win winning.
0: this fight. That guy's going to win.
1: So I have to watch fights without the sound because I, if I'm listening to DC or I'm listening to Bisbing or I'm listening to whoever, if I'm just listening to you, I can, I can be swayed pretty damn easily. And so <laughs> I watch it with the sound off majority of the time. So I can watch the fight without the crowd, without the commentary, without any of that stuff being involved. And in that fight, I was, I did, I did have it up, but I didn't have it loud. So I wasn't really paying attention, but you and I were texting and it was three to two. And I thought it was three to two. And then you can, and it was pretty, I thought it was pretty clear cut. And so for people to go back and go, hey, man, like, I, I thought he won, f- I thought people thought Volkanovsky won four rounds to one. And I'm oh like, in what world are you watching? Go back and watch the fight.
0: But again, that's somebody watching having a desire for one fighter to beat another fighter. You can't judge a fight based upon that. You have to not care. I don't care who wins, I just want to pick the person that actually does.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was absolutely, it was at the end of the day, the right person won the fight. Now, how you guys decide that you want to go, I believe MMA fighting had Islam as ranked number one. After I had heard that Ariel said that no, he thought Volkanovsky should still be number one. Then I think UFC, I I don't know, it looks like UFC is keeping uh, Volkanovsky at number one, which I think is a little bit of a slap in the face, but it is what it is. Because when you go that's up what in a happens. Way, it when, that's what happens anything. when
0: you complain about the promotion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that could be right. true as well. That right. could be true as well. Um but I mean overall I thought there was a lot of good things came out of a lot of quick gun reactions on Saturday and Sunday that Volkanovsky should have won. And then a lot of take backs now that we're here on Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday was a lot of yeah. wait, let me go watch it again. Yeah. Let me go see. And then now that they've watched it again, it's like, oh, well, you know what? I actually see how, how he won three to two. Some people said four one Islam. And I said, no, no. I, I didn't, I didn't agree oh, with good. that either. But it's all right. Um, I didn't agree with that either. So I thought it was three two. It was a close fight. Um, I think the weight cut had a lot to do with it. I think you're going to see a better Islam if they do fight again. Um, I'm not here to make excuses for my boy. I do know that he cuts a lot of weight. I know a lot of the behind the scenes and a lot of the inside stuff on how he has his camp going. It was going great. Um, there was some, like a couple little things, you know, that were hindering him a tiny bit, but nothing that would right, make anything happen. Nothing that would affect his performance whatsoever. Um, he had a great camp and I really believed it was the weight cut. And the fact is when you get into the weight cutting situation, I got, we talked about, I really would like to see some changes, John. And I think this affected this fight a lot. And I want to see some changes done properly. So like in us talking about the changes, I look at different ways to do it. I think that the the promotions should be checking on their their fighters say three weeks before what's your weight at? The week of, what's your weight at? You cannot weigh more than five pounds in that difference. And then you weigh in the day of, and you've got to be there around that same weight. There's there'd be no reason if you're three weeks out or two weeks out from the fight. And I say, and I, I walked around 172. I've got to fight at 170 then. I, I can't make 155. And they're not not—they're not adding more weight classes. So you know that they're not going to be hydrated enough to make that next weight class.
0: But, but let me ask you this. Okay. And as simple as it gets, because this is what's going to happen. Josh, do fighters lie? Absolutely. All the time. Right? And
1: they cheat too. And they're all okay. cheaters. Majority okay. of them are cheaters. So,
0: So let me ask you. So do you know how to adjust your scale?
1: uh what do you mean? Well there's
0: an adjustment on your scale to make oh, it absolutely. So zeroed absolutely. in, right? Yeah. And there's an adjustment that makes it so it's not zeroed in. Mm-hmm. So if I know that I'm fucking way overweight for my thing mm-hmm. but my promoter's calling me saying, "Hey, I want to see the see on the scale." I adjust my scale and I step on the scale and I show my feet with the weight <laughs> so it's adjusted the proper so I'm going to look good, I'm within my mm-hmm. little range. Yeah.
1: Guys are going to cheat, man. I'm just telling you. Do you think, you. but the thing is, though, is when that comes down to the week of, what are you going to do? Like, you've got, what are you going to oh, do? Okay, I agree with you. Okay. But have you not seen guys do this? I understand what you're saying. But as a as as a fighter, are you je- you're jeopardizing your career with your promotion? And let's just Maybe. say you're in the UFC. You're in the UFC, and they've just promoted. You lied to them. Now they're like, fuck you. We're yeah, done well, with you. First off, I'm telling you right now,
0: the UFC will never.
1: Yeah, I understand that. Ever. I understand that. Allow that to, this yeah. this type of thing to happen. One hour before? Are you kidding me? Yeah. God, no. I mean, really, But when we talk about brain damage, though, John, you're now allowing someone to rehydrate up even more to weigh more to fight someone who potentially doesn't rehydrate as well. Everybody's body composition is different. And being able to hydrate even more, it depends on the person's body. And so now I'm allowing somebody who, say, like for me, I always fought at 170, 168 to 70. I never really fought over that when I was in shape and ready to fight. But can you imagine if I had to fight the new generation of lightweights? They're 178 to 183, 184, maybe even up to 185 by the time they fought. I've seen videos and I've seen pictures of Michael Chandler getting on the scale weighing 191. 191. So and even uh, Pat Healy, when I fought Pat Healy, he weighed 190, 191 or 192. He set the pitcher um, to, to, um, to one of the guys that worked for, uh, Strike Force at the time. Yep. On there at 191 when I fought him. And he felt like 191. <laughs> he 191. was that big. So yeah. that, that's my, my point. Sorry. Chandler was 188 or 189. And, and what's his name was 191? Pat Healy. Yeah, that's Just enormous. So now you're allowing for myself right now. It doesn't matter if you're allowing them more time to recover and you're allowing them more time to cut more weight. That means that they're going to be even bigger. That causes more brain damage by me getting hit by that guy for 15 rounds.
0: 15 rounds.
1: What are you sorry? 15 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 (laughs) minutes or 25 minutes. So there's, say, man, you are in shape. You're going 15 MMA rounds? You're a bad man. There's negatives <laughs> to both sides. Yes, there, there is. There's there negatives to both sides. So there's, yeah, like you said, there's no the easy fix.
0: There is no easy fix with it. It's not. This is way more complicated than people understand. Yeah.
1: But then, okay, look, you've been in these meetings for however long. Give me all something. Time. Give me something that you think we could potentially head in the right direction That that all the promotions would be comfortable with.
0: Oh, man, I'll tell you what, you know, other than the the early, early way to try to get that. And that was that was not easy to do. I'll tell you.
1: What was the holdup on the early weigh ins? That that baffles me, by the way. What was the holdup on that?
0: There's a lot of people there because the weigh ins actually make certain promotions money. Oh, oh, you're taking money away from us because now we can't have our win. Sure, you can have it. It's just a ceremonial. Do they
1: charge for weigh ins?
0: No, but they sell merchandise. Ah, uh, that's right?
1: true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't blame them. No, not at all. I don't blame them. They Cause get a lot, a lot of, people of people that go to the weigh-ins don't actually go to the fights. A lot no, of the that's right. A lot of them don't so, have
0: tickets. It's their chance yeah. to see the fighters and stuff, and they're gonna watch yeah, somewhere else. That's true. So, it's their chance to get their merchandise and stuff like that. And so, yeah, they make money, and I don't blame yeah, them. True, I understand yeah. it. That's true. That's why they still do the ceremonial.
1: <laughs> I think that's still great for the sport, though. To see the crowd. It is. Crowds, there's like nothing, nothing wrong with Nothing's that. gonna beat. Remember when uh, Habib and Connor, and I mean when Connor fought Jose Aldo too. Just the crowd that was there, the back shots from behind Connor, and then the whole. Sh- it was that. Those are like epic type days. And yeah. the same thing happened when De La Hoya fought way back in the day. Of front row was all women. It was awesome. <laughs> 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 I mean, I just, sure. I would, I know that there's no easy band aid. I know that we can't fix it overnight. But I would like to say that if there was something that we could do, and I know that I think it's the, the check the weights leading up to the show, that's one thing. Maybe then you say, okay, hey, you can't weigh more than this much. But also, too, you can't exceed the weight class above you. That so I agree like, with. You know, so like That if, I, if I agree with. And
0: that would be close to what I would tell you is, is my starting point of, yeah. look, I can't have you outweighing your next weight class. Which you know, some of them are only ten pounds, some of them are fifteen,
1: yeah. some of them are yeah. twenty, but I can't have you outweighing your next weight yeah. class. Yeah, I mean that would make that would make for a good argument for there to be the every ten pounds until you get to one eighty five. Yes, it will. Yeah, well, the ten pounds, pa- it is the ten pounds is there. I know it's there, John. It's but there for, for the fans at home. that don't understand the one sixty five pound weight class and the one seventy five pound weight class. They already exist. It's In just the unified rules. it's up to the promotions yeah. to adopt it and to they, use they just, them. They haven't used them so. Yeah. There is a one sixty five pound weight class already in the unified rules and a one seventy five pound weight class. So What um, are they called? What? What are
0: they called, John? Super lightweight? Uh, I believe it's a uh, super lightweight and uh super welter or something like that.
1: Oh. Wouldn't it just be welter then if it was seventy five? Because Welter would just go for I'm sorry, 70 super
0: lightweight. 75. Welter weight is seventy five yeah. and eighty five middleweight.
1: Yeah. Got it. So with the post I mean, would the post seventy? Yeah, you would have to get rid of it because then it would be five pounds. Yeah, you got a five so,
0: pound difference in it.
1: <clears throat> so you have lightweight at 55, super lightweight at 65. What happened? And then welterweight at 75.
0: Here, let, we'll put it out there the, the exact way it happened. So everyone knows the UFC was adamantly against this and then said, well, as long as you leave the 170 pound weight class, because at the time, who was their champion?
1: George St. Pierre. Hello.
0: And so <clears throat> if you leave it. To where we still have one hundred and seventy pounds, and then I think Robbie was coming in right about that time. But um, you leave it at one hundred and seventy pounds, we'll, we'll okay to the one sixty-five and one seventy-five. But we got we have to keep the one one seventy. So if you look, it goes one forty-five, one fifty-five, one sixty-five, one 170,
1: 175, seventy-five, one eighty-five. Wow, that's weird. Why would you? Yeah. I get that keeping it for GSP, but then was since just, GSP was gone, I would have moved it to seventy-five. You <laughs> should have. I would have. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, we r- we riffed on that for quite a bit. Just a little, <laughs> but I think if you guys haven't if you guys haven't watched our show, <clears throat> if you guys haven't watched our show from Saturday, go back or Sunday morning drop. Check that show out. Talk about what we talked about, and then I re- we revisited what we talked about on this show, and then just kind of correlate what the kind of the the issues were I felt like with Islam, the great performance that Volkanovski had in terms of with the weigh-ins. Um, and all of those things play a big factor. But hey, uh, before we go on to the next topic, we get into this, uh, card breakdown. Make sure you guys check us out on onlyfans.com slash weighing in. There's a nice video up that's for free. Go there, sign up, subscribe to our channel there, our page there. And, uh, there's free content on there right now. We're giving away free content. It's free. Uh, there will be some paid content coming in the future, but right now we're just, we want to give you guys as much free content as we can. There's some behind the scenes from Bellator from the whole week, not just a couple days, not just, you know, but from the whole week we were there and uh, Dave did a really good job. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of pumped to get your guys' reaction. Leave us some comments, maybe hit us up in the DMS, whatever it is, but, uh, get back to us and let us know, but join and us over there.
0: Look at Josh and I want you to know that we are doing this for you guys. Yeah. All right. We want you to have the ability to go to only fans and have an excuse It's the Weighing In podcast is the only reason you're going to wing (laughs) to the OnlyFans. You can tell your wives. You can tell your girlfriends. I don't look at the other stuff. It's all about the Weighing In podcast.
1: This is exactly true, (laughs) which is crazy because, John, you know, when you look at the OnlyFans platform, right, um, there's only one other platform that has a bigger network of credit card transactions in the world. Only one. And which one is it, John? Go ahead. The one
0: that my wife is always on.
1: Yeah, I think everybody's Amazon. Is on. Amazon. <laughs> it's called Amazon. Uh, I so, hate Amazon.
0: This I'm is going to go m- to OnlyFans just to, to get back at my wife.
1: <laughs> this is the number two platform in terms of credit card Amazing. transactions, which is Amazing. insane. But, uh, but yeah, look, honestly, what we're doing this for is to let bring more spotlight to the, the athletes and the fans and bring being able to g- have you guys engaged in our show because there's going to be a lot of content there and, um, Abilities for you guys to join us on whether it's live chats, on whether it's fan Q and A for us to talk with you, you know, person to person and have you actually on a show that we actually host on that channel. So there's going to be a lot more hands on. No pun intended. Okay. For that, <laughs> but this will definitely be for the, for our fans, for our only fans. So I uh, hope you guys uh, subscribe to us over there. Once again, that's onlyfans.com slash weighing in. All right, John, before we move on though, let's go to Merch.com. pick up some of our merch and also oh, hit yeah, that subscribe baby. button. Hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up and the bell to get some notifications. Also go down in our descriptions. There's a link to our, uh, shorts channel. Hit that link, go there, subscribe, hit the bell for that because we're dropping special content on that channel as well. You guys are, you guys are getting so much content from us, man. You, man, this is, this, we're, we're doing a good job, John. We're doing a great job. We're doing a great podcast. Dave's doing a we're great like, job. I we're say. like putting out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> oh, these other podcasts, man, they must be peanut butter and jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was Hello. that was good. That was good. Yes, it was. I actually stole that from an actor. <laughs> he oh, said it God. in some what was the what was the the movie? Um, James Franco. It was the one with the Korean something. Uh, I don't know. I did a movie North with James Franco. Did you? Uh, the interview. The interview where they're in uh, China or, so, or not in China but in North Korea. Yeah, yeah he says, "Oh, he's." I kissed James Franco. Challenge. I want you did to you? know that. Oh did yeah, you? yeah. I on the on the lips. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: like the mafia kiss. You grab him by the ears. Uh, <laughs> is
1: it? Is this a? Is this an OnlyFans type thing? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's yeah. another story. All right. All right, well, hey, let's get into this uh, UFC breakdown. We're gonna we're gonna talk a couple fights. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this is normally what happens right after a pay per view, especially a good pay per view. Yes, is they you normally they don't really have a stack card coming in the next stack card. Stack card. Normally, hold on.
0: I want this is this is a very good main event. I, I like the main event. It I is have a no great main, event, with the by main the way. event. It's a good fight. It is. I want you to go to the co main event, Dave. Pull up the co main event. All right here. Okay, nothing against Zach. Poga, good fighter, nice little five-in-one record. Jordan Wright, good guy, Beverly Hills Ninja. Mm. He's lost his last three fights. He's the co-main event. He's the co-main event. That yeah. kind of tells you right there.
1: Yeah, we're going to pick on a couple of these. We'll not pick on them. We're going to not pick them. We're going to highlight some of the ones that we want to talk about on this. And we'll talk a little BKFC, I believe, also, right, Dave? Yeah, yep. maybe a little bit. All right, we'll talk a little bit of that because we've got, we got some legends fighting there.
0: Jessica Andrade against Aaron yes. Blanchfield is a very good fight aaron blanchville is a freaking stud on the ground i am so impressed with her positioning her ability to control her ability to go after the submission do damage with the strikes she's got good ground and pound the real question is can she actually get jessica andrage
1: down can she deal with Jessica Andrade's power on the feet? I don't know. Well, that's another thing, John. Like Jessica Andrade, she'll take a shot to deliver a shot. She will lift you up and slam you on your head. Well, and when has it been that three way. weeks? Three weeks since her last is fight. She's still in shape. You know, she probably went home, probably ate a little bit, filled up a little bit, got right back into the camp when well, she, she found out.
0: She's that way. I mean, this is the, you take a look at these fights. That was at 125 pounds with Lauren Murphy, which was now what what January 21st. Yeah, it's not
1: even a, a month. month. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: amazing. But John, sometimes I like those this. I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Sometimes those are not the best situations and circumstances because you've kind of you've kind of burned yourself a little bit too much.
0: Well, but she's not because normally she you know was fighting at straw weight. That's where she became mm-hmm. champion. Yeah. And this is up at flyweight. This is another 10 pounds, so I don't think that's that she's true. killing herself to lose the weight the way she did before.
1: Yeah, I'm not talking about the weight cut, though. I'm just talking about your body in general yeah. needs a little bit of time to rest. And you know yeah. that. Like, you know, yeah. if you spent six weeks coming off a win, your your emotions are high, and we've seen this before. Kyle Wiserone made his career off of this. Yes. And that's why he had an up-and-down career. He had a fantastic go, 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 and then it was like, let me take another fight. Let me take another. And then it was like, okay, eventually, eventually it you're catches gonna, up to you. Eventually okay. it catches up with you. Your body just needs time to recover, it needs yeah. time to rest. It needs time to fuel back up. It needs de-stress. that energy. Yeah, de-stress yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes on into a fight camp. The mental the mental of it all is just taxing. Extremely taxing. And it depends on who you are as well. Like for me, I fucking wear my heart on my sleeve. And so when it comes to fighting, it really comes out. And happy Valentine's Day, everyone by the way, you know, all oh, yeah. this stuff. This uh what, who's the who's the ref that did that? Yamuchi? Not Yamauchi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yamasaki. Yamasaki.
0: Yamasaki. Yamasaki. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, happy Yama- Valentine's Yamauchi's a good fighter.
1: Yeah, he is a very good fighter. <laughs> we'll talk, we're actually going to talk about him in a little right. bit. Uh, but she, I would like to see, I, I'm, I'm happy for her to take this fight. I think she believes it's very winnable. This puts her right in that title contention of, Hey, I want that rematch or I want to get another fight there. So that puts her right into that title talk again. I just get concerned that you just went through a say six week long camp, gave yeah. yourself say a week to recover, and then she got the call probably, and now she's had two weeks of training, and then she's ready to fight again. It's a lot, John. It's a lot on your body and your and your it mentality. Is.
0: It is, but i tell you what, and she's going against someone in Aaron Blashville who I I think she's a stud. I mean, yeah. I love watching her fight. I love her ability to control the fight. So this is not this is not going to be the same fight she had with Lauren Murphy. Now no. I give it to Jessica. She looked fantastic in that fight. She just ate Laura up Lauren up in that and great performance. Yeah. I think at this point right now, though, she's taking another step up with Aaron Blanchfield. I don't care about ratings. Aaron Blanchfield right now at this point is a, is a tougher fight than Lauren Murphy. Oh and absolutely. This is going to be a very difficult fight. And if she ends up underneath her, Look, we, we saw what happened when uh, she went against the champ, and Shevchenko's got a good ground game. It ain't no better than Blanchfield's. Mm-mm. And so Blanchfield, if she gets on top, look out, man. She's She is a finisher.
1: Yeah, but with Valentina right? the physical strength is what played a factor in that. I think a little bit of the height. I don't think Blanchfield's going to be anywhere near as strong as Valentina Shevchenko. Now, I'm not trying to discredit. I'm not trying to discredit her, her ability when she does get to the ground. I just think that the body clinch and the takedowns that Valentina possesses versus what Aaron Blanchfield has in the wrestling department is going to be a little bit more of a struggle for her to get, um, Jessica on draws down, but I am looking for a good fight. If anywhere, if she's weak anywhere, Jessica, I think it is definitely on the ground. She could potentially just hang out on her back. Or get past or get mounted and give up positions. Some places where she can't just explode out of and use her strength to get out of is where she's going to have some hard times. But overall, her back's on the ground.
0: She's definitely in trouble.
1: Yeah, this should be a good fight. Uh, Go ahead and scroll on down there. John, just let's pick out a a couple fights. Jim Miller versus Alexander
0: Hernandez. That is a good fight. Absolutely. It's a solid fight. It's it's one that (laughs) I, I love Jim Miller, he's great. Been around more fights in the UFC than anybody. uh Going against, look at Alexander Hernandez. He gets a lot tough. of shit. Yeah, but he's an athlete. He's tough. He fights hard. I enjoy watching him fight. I think this is a this is a really you know enjoyable fight. This is a great matchup.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think in Jim though, Jim is one of those guys. He's got a lot under his belt. But he holds the record for the most wins, correct? And he got that most against Donald. Most fights are the most is wins. Most wins too. I don't know. It I could be. I think it's the most wins also, I believe. So it's uh, when he beat, yeah, because when he beat uh, uh, Cowboy is when he won that. Okay. Because right after that, when they did the interview, he said, hey, I think uh, Cowboy's got some business. And so, and I think most Cowboy gave him the love. Most fights in UFC history. Most, most wins about. in UFC history. Most wins in UFC history also, and most correct? wins
0: in the UFC lightweight division.
1: Yes. Lightweight division. Okay. Got it, got it. So that was, All that's right. a big deal. That's a huge deal. And I, I like Jim a lot, man. Oh, dude. He's, He's a awesome. dog. I mean, just his ability to, um, to get in there on the inside, his ability to outstrike people, utilize his, his, uh, submissions jiu jujitsu. And Alexander Hernandez, he's a dog in that first round, round and a half. Yeah,
0: that's about it. That's the whole thing. But he it's he possesses the power. First though. round. Yeah. And then it starts to tail off a little
1: bit. Yeah. And Jim is, Jim is just crafty. I mean, like, I look at him a little bit how Andre Alofsky is kind of, made a resurgence he's worked around what he's not what he's not able to do anymore in jim miller so he's been able to work around those type of things he can't wrestle as much anymore he's just having you know he struggles with some things the speed is obviously a factor but he's found ways to make it a dog fight to to favor him and to get those wins he's just got to be very careful of, uh hernandez in that first you know that, fight that, first, season, that first round the speed
0: factors the speed factor is, is going to be evident
1: The first three and a half minutes to four minutes is going to be a problem. And then, and then that first minute of the second round. And then I could look to see Jim probably start kicking that inside calf because he's southpaw, kicking that inside calf, kicking the inside leg, and then letting the hands go with the straight left and be able to connect with something. So it's going to be a good fight. Yeah. You know, um, but overall, I like, I like
0: who Joe Salicki is fighting. That is a great matchup. That guy the unknown fighter. Right now, they don't that lets have a, you know that's the a tough one they're giving this card. But, but that's a tough one if you're Joe Salicki because you're sitting there and you don't even have an opponent. Obviously, I think he knows who the opponent is. They've given him, yeah. you know, the name and he knows, but we don't. So,
1: mm-hmm. you know what's kind of sad though is all the way down there at the fourth fight of the night is Ovid Saint Prue. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you what do you do is, there, John?
0: This is what happens, man. This is you know, i like, fight games is a nasty. Nasty business, it really is. You know, and we, we eat our own, and uh, you know, OSP has put on some great performances throughout his career. At times, been devastating with you know the Von Flu choke, which a lot of people want to rename the OSP. But uh, nope, there, yeah, there can it's only said, be yeah, one, nope, buddy. The guy You're not the original, sorry man. No, nope. but uh, you know, going up against Philippe Lins, you know, we've seen Philippe uh, fight lots of times. Fought in Bellator, fought in the UFC. He's got some good wins um he's had some tough losses some big knockouts mm-hmm. it's actually a pretty evenly you know matched fight I, I understand why they're putting it together yeah but you look at OSP and this is a guy that you know at one time main event yeah, yeah main main event against uh John Jones against Glover Teixeira and now you're in the prelims fourth fight in Jeez. it's not the
1: direction uh is there anybody else on here you want to talk about honestly you know <laughs> now yeah. I, I feel bad. bad. I feel bad because I would it's like just, to, you know, give a little bit more love to everyone. But the the match, the car is just not what it. This is normal. It's not that exciting. This is no. normal for after a pay per view. This is. What but there could get be some good fights fight. that occur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see this being one of those knockdown dragouts. This is one of the cards. If you're in the back, if most of you guys, I don't know if you guys know Burt Watson, but Burt used to get these guys fired up in the back, and now he works for Bellator in the back. He does the same exact thing, and it really does come down to hey. You guys, this is your moment to shine to say, hey, I deserve to be on a pay-per-view. Hey, I deserve to be on a primetime show. This is your moment to shine. This is for you to stand out and to make that $50,000. Because what happens when you guys get to the big shows, when the fighters, when they get to these big shows, normally those fights and those bonuses, they go to the people that are on the main card. Or they go to the ones that have been historically... Great uh, crowd pleasers, whether it's Jim Miller, whether it's Cowboy Cerrone, people that they know always put on great fights. <clears throat> so this is your moment because there's no other people on here that really have been known to shine. It's up to you. Yeah. So I wish them all the best of luck. So these are the fights that you should be able to get some good fights and some knockdown dragouts. So best of luck to all the fighters there. Yep. All right, Dave, what else you got for us? All right, let's talk uh, BKFC this weekend as well. Ooh. Mike
0: Richmond against Hunt. That's a good fight. Mike Richmond used to fight for Bellator. He was a featherweight. I want to know what weight this is at because it's 175. That's 30, 30 pounds over what he used to. And I can see it in his face. But Mike Richmond, tough dude, good stand up fighter. And this is for their championship, isn't it? Yeah, championship out. That's that's kind of cool. Hunt is the champion. We'll see if Richmond can uh, get it done. I. I I love how people look at uh you know the whole bare knuckle boxing and stuff look at it it's a good sport you know I, I, and this is where I say this and people get all it cracks me up that you can sit there and say it's okay to hit somebody with a shin an elbow a knee that has no padding on it but god God knows don't ever allow them to hit a hand you know it's like yeah, we, in MMA we do things a lot worse than just you know hit with the hands. That a lot heavier tools and a lot more damage are done by them. But and those are okay. But BKC is its own its own sport, you know. And uh the ones that I don't like is the next one. I don't. And yeah. I love Diego Sanchez. Yeah. I love him as an MMA fighter. I don't like him as a bare knuckle boxer. As far as it's just, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying he's not used to doing it and the person they put him against is Austin Trout who was a sensational boxer a, you know a, a, a world champion and now Diego's going to fight Austin Trout in bare knuckle boxing I freaking don't like this one
1: Yeah and Diego's never been known for his stand up No and so yeah. it does it does bother me it does get to me a little bit but you know what though at this stage, Diego's going to do what Diego wants to do. I, mean, yeah. so I look at it a little bit like you want the best for him. I, I've always uh, admired the way he's fought. I loved him as a fighter. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, fighters are, have a hard time just letting go. I mean, huh. you look at Bigfoot Silver right now. You look at uh, you know Diego. He's, Diego's still very capable of being a fighter. And maybe not at the highest level, but he's still extremely capable. But just stylistically, this is a bad matchup for him. Oh, bad. You know. John
0: Dotson against Grant. Look at John Dotson just had a great fight in Ryzen, got a big, yes, quick knockout, and he's been doing very well in Bare Knuckles. So, you know, that, that's another one to watch.
1: Is that is yes. that Greg Hardy over there yeah. on the far left? Yes. Wow. Yes,
0: sir. BKFC I mean, pulls in them all. They pull them all they, in. <laughs> bro, they got money to spend. Boy, Shit. I'll tell you what. Some investors if, are putting some money out.
1: If I had some balls, man, I might try it. <laughs> I don't have any balls, though. No way. There is no way, John. Jeez. Yeah. Ooh. If you take a look, at,
0: you take a look at this. You know, one, two, three, four, Bro. five, six, seven, eight, ten. Over ten MMA fighters. Boom. Yeah,
1: John. I used to get. I used to not get paid to fight in the street. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. or you got and, yelled at when
0: you did? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah,
1: Coker would call me up. Hey, if you're gonna fight in the clubs for free, let me know. Just let me know, man. I'll, I'll put you I, on. I can stop. I can stop. <laughs> uh, I can stop paying you anytime, buddy. I'm like, fuck. All right. That's it. Uh can't believe him, man. Well, hey, great Hardy, man. Best of luck, my man. Best of luck. Uh yeah. Outside of that, you should do all right. Yeah, he should. He's a big guy. He's a mountain of a Dude, man. Huge. Yeah, oh, and man. this he doesn't huge. have to cut weight. Yeah. Ah, all right. What do we got? You got anything else for us? Oh, wait, At the top of this, look at this. Brought to you by OnlyFans. Oh, look e. at there. Yeah. How about there that? There you go. I mean, like I said, John, we know they they've started a whole sports division. They're trying to really try and tap into the sports industry. They're they're sponsoring Formula One, they're sponsoring MMA fighters, they're working on some some boxers. World at, championship uh boxing. And, Andy Ruiz, they had him for yeah. a little bit. You know, they're, they're really trying to get themselves into the sport industry to start help, trying to get more active athletes. So good for them. All yeah. right. All right. We're going to wrap up on Bellator fight announcement. This came out, uh, I think it was last week, five days ago. So, you know, before, um, right before the pay-per-view, but there was so much going on that we didn't get a chance to touch on it. So I want to give you guys a chance mm-hmm. to talk about this welterweight bout in, in Bellator. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is a MVP versus Goichi Yamauchi, who I really enjoy watching Goichi fight. This guy has got slick submissions. He is a, a very talented fighter, both in the stand-up and on the ground. Very calm, very relaxed throughout. He uh, doesn't make, now, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes before. When he He's still super young. And you look at him in this, he's grown in through, he actually started at lightweight, went to featherweight, then back to lightweight, now is up at welterweight, which he should be because he's, got a so, huge frame. He's, he's big. He's thick, man. He's thick. Yeah. And uh what well, he had a beautiful knockout of Naaman and Gracie in his uh last fight that uppercut fantastic, but he do- he definitely is not going to want to be in a stand-up battle with MVP. You know, if you're being, you know, honest about this, you look at, where's the place to go with MVP? Try to get him to the ground and he definitely has the ground game to create problems and he will he will catch MVP in the transition. That's the, the best part of watching someone like Goichi is he's throwing things on while people are just trying to think that they're being controlled and they're trying to get themselves up. Mm-hmm. You start putting your arms in certain places and everything, he's going to take it and he's going to try to take it home. So makes it for, you look at the style to beat MVP, it's the wrestler, the guy that can take him off his feet, but the wrestler can't hurt him. He's, he's got good defense. This one is different. This is someone that can definitely cause him problems. He goes to the ground. He's going to have to be very careful of how he normally gets up or any of those things because this is a guy that's very slick with his submissions.
1: So I would normally agree with you in this situation, but where, where I look at MVP is that he does he's capable of doing things that other guys are not capable of doing. In the stand-up. On the ground is when he goes, when Yamauchi goes to get the takedown, as you saw with Logan Storley, when he does his stiff arm, you're already down by his ankles because he's so long. Yeah. So Yamuchi's going to have to dive on an ankle lock. He's going to have to try to get to that position. Otherwise, I don't see him being able to get in deep enough. And if he does get in deep enough, him just pushing him down the legs, his transitions to get to the back, like Logan was even trying to get to the back. He couldn't get to the back. Trying to threaten submissions from those positions jeopardizes you losing the takedown. One thing that I've – after the years of watching MVP fight, he he understands – they only have one way of beating him, and that's by yeah. taking him down. And his movement is great. We know that. Okay, But his ability, like he showed with Logan, Logan was caught off guard. He said, what did Logan tell you? And I. <laughs> he told me straight out. He goes, that is the fastest.
0: I goes, I didn't realize how much ground he could cover so fast. Yeah.
1: He's so fast that he covers. the He'll cover eight, nine feet in yeah. one just little hop forward. One, hop one little out. motion. He'll get in, he'll get out. Or, or he'll hit you with something and then he'll fly and knee you from seven, eight feet away. It just, it feels so different when you're in there with someone. You can watch them on TV, but it's just not the same when you're inside that cage. It's completely different. So I, I Yamuchi's got his work cut out for him. And I do believe, yeah, sure, he can win, but I'm going to lean a little bit more towards MVP on this fight because oh, I believe his style just poses so many different threats.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, you look at the matchup and it's always it seems like it's always oh it's you know the stand up of MVP versus what is the you know, the other person. The only guy that really is that we would look at that MVP fought was Douglas Lima. You know, and even Douglas Lima, especially in the second fight, only worked to try to take him down. That was yeah. the big thing is get him to the ground. So we're gonna see. It's interesting. The the difference in Yamauchi, Yamauchi doesn't really shoot takedowns. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he he lets his opponents do things and they they end up almost taking him down at times or they get twisted in a motion and he just he just flows with it and the, and the fight ends up going down so he doesn't definitely doesn't burn energy trying to get takedowns
1: no yeah i like that he he doesn't do that he lets he allows the opponent to come in and kind of clinch with him but he doesn't have to worry about MVP doing that no, I don't think so. Well, I think he move, does have to worry that
0: the MVP is not going to do that. No, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one
1: way of looking at it. All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. This is a great midweek show. And uh, go to WayneImmersed.com. Pick up some of our sh- new designs that are out. Shirts, uh hoodies, different types of uh, sweatshirts. And, of course, we've got plenty of hats to choose from. So check it all out. we have got the new a logo. nice the one old being logo. worn
0: by you right now.
1: Yes, it is right oh, there. Hello, Actually, baby. I really like this fit, to be honest. Yeah, this is it's great. A good one. And then, uh, you know, obviously that one right there says, let's get it on. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I just can't, I just can't walk around with that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Very well. And also, please do us a favor. Head over to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Check it out. Subscribe. And uh, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And, John, take us away.
0: For everyone out there, we hope you enjoy it. Get, you know what? Give us your comments on what you think about weight cutting. Let's hear some of your ideas. Let's see what you have to say on it because, like we said, very complicated. So it's not. there's no easy fix. So talk to us. I will even read the comments on this one because <laughs> I want to know what you're saying about that weight cutting. And we will see you.